tonight on Access TV. Live live with Gotham Comedy live. Get ready to laugh with Ryan Hamilton, Cyrus McQueen, Pat Brown, Ben Roy, and your host, Tom Papa. From the Gotham Comedy Club in New York City, live, all happening right now. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Tom Papa. Hello. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Welcome to Gotham Live. Very exciting. And we are live. This is happening right now. This isn't like live and then a tape. No, right now. Just, not just you, not your, this is human to human, but right now it's being blasted out to at least, I don't know, 20 more homes <laughs> somewhere, coast to coast. We could do anything right now. We could totally freak out on live TV. We could go nuts. What are we gonna do? Look at that guy, he's all ready. No, I mean the camera guy. <laughs> the camera guy, not that guy, you. Yeah. That's live. Oh, so great to be in New York. This is such a wonderful thing, such a wonderful place. It was horrible rain happening live. All these people were like rats coming in. Couldn't even smoke outside. Brutal. I love smoking. Don't you love smoking? Oh, I don't even do it. It's still the coolest thing in the world. <laughs> it is. I don't care how many commercials you're going to show me about people talking through new holes in their necks. I used to think it was cool, too. I don't think so anymore. Now I have to smoke like this. I've got to wear turtlenecks all the time. Oh, maybe it's not that cool. <laughs> but then I see one guy in a commercial just going, I think we should kill him right now. <laughs> we got to get cigarettes. We got to get cases or cartons. How would they sell them? You just look like you're in control of the world. You have a prop and you're just completely, you can control every social situation. You're at a party with a group of people. There's gonna come that moment where you run out of stuff to say and it's gonna get uncomfortable and smokers just, I'm going for a smoke and they leave. <laughs> I can't leave, I gotta sit there and take it. I can't be like, I'm gonna go stand on your lawn by myself for a minute. Any stress comes up, they just smoke. Who cares? I'll be dead soon. Who cares? <laughs> I've had a stressful summer. It was horrible. I've, uh, my family, whole family on vacation. Whole family. I have a family. I have a family. Do you have a family? Yeah? You, what do you have? A wife? A wife. Good. Have you made people yet? Have you made? Oh, yeah. You wait. I've made my own people. And I'm their leader. So when they say they want to go on vacation, I have to take them all. I have to make the whole thing happen. This is every father after a family vacation. Did you have a good time? They had a great time. I spent $10,000, no sex. 
I bought food for people who don't eat it, stood in lines for things I do not enjoy, slept with my pants on for a week. It's weird when you travel with your family because you realize you don't really know them. Like when you're at home, you're like bees in and out of the hive. You don't really see each other that often. You don't really know what they do. Then you wake up that first morning in the hotel room just looking at each other. You're like, ha ha ha, you guys are weird. Does the little one always do that? I didn't even know we had her. You're weird. Big thing though, the kids were packing. The kids actually got to pack their own suitcase and wheel it themselves. For years, I would have to carry things on my back like a mule. And now they just, boom. oh, I cried at the gate. It was amazing. But they're really, but they're not good at packing. They can't do that part. They got on, as soon as the hotel, as soon as the thing opens, the only thing in it was a Curious George and some magnets. <laughs> I was like, really? A week vacation? You don't even think about underwear? You don't... And still learning about my wife. God bless her, still learning. Ah, she's a talker. She's a talker. 13 years together, still coming up with new stuff to say every goddamn day. From the minute I open my eyes till about a half hour after I fall asleep, she's talking to anybody, to anybody. The, the housekeeper at the hotel doesn't speak any, any English at all. My wife just sees a face, and then my mother said she didn't like my hair. Can you believe that? And this poor woman's like, oh no. That's terrible. Then we come home, starts talking to our cats. Cats, they don't speak any language at all. My wife just sees two ears, like, I should fill those with talking noises. How many times have I told you not to go on this counter? We talk about this every day, and the poor cat's like, meow, meow. That's terrible, meow. <laughs> but I like them, I like them. I like the whole thing. All girls, all girls. That's what I live in, all girls. Love girls, girls are great. Whenever I say I'm raising girls, women always go, oh, you wait, your life is over. Wait till they go through puberty, you are done. Really? Like you want a boy going through puberty with what they do around the house? <laughs> Where are all our tissues? Why are we going through so many tissues? Where are my socks? Why do I only have one sock? You can have it. I'll take a girl anytime, but it's hard. It's hard. I, there's only so much I can teach them because they're girls. They have to become women. And I don't even understand. I, I do know one thing. It's difficult. Your lives are so much more difficult. Just on a daily basis. A daily basis. It's just, just the makeup alone. Just this never-ending art project you're involved in. <laughs> and over. You're like a crazy Van Gogh with an Etch-a-Sketch. <laughs> and I don't even know why you do it. Who are you doing it for? Who are you doing it for? It's not for us, we don't care. All we care is that you're not a dude. That's all we care. It's for other women. It's that woman-on-woman -woman hateful competition. It's nasty. You ever see women say hello to each other? Nasty. It's all smiles up here, hi, hi. Then they give each other that slow look of death up and down. Find a weakness, hang on it until she knows that you noticed. Oh, that's too bad about that. Not a woman. You want a woman, a partner for the rest of your life? Get a strong woman. Get one with a big back, help you mow the lawn once in a while. 
You don't want a cool, skinny chick. They get sick easy. Get a strong chick. Stands at the stove and stirs for hours. Welcome home. Children play in playground. We not have playground. I build it, they play now. Thank you guys very much. You guys are an awesome crowd. Thank you so much. We're gonna have a great show. A great time. All live. Stay tuned for more laughs on Access TV. Live from the Gotham Comedy Club in New York City. Ryan Hamilton is taking the stage when we return. Welcome back to the Access TV presentation of Gotham Comedy Live. More laughs happening right now. All right, welcome back, guys. I'm so excited we get to start the show off with a very good friend of mine. He's hilarious. You guys have seen him on Conan, the wonderful, hilarious Ryan Hamilton, everybody. <laughs> You want to start with my face? Uh, what do you want, audience? <laughs> I always look like this. People tell me I look like a white Chris Rock. Do you think that's true? <laughs> All right. Ah, <laughs> uh, I look like Howdy Doody if <laughs> Howdy Doody had a baby with Howdy Doody. That's what I look like. I, <laughs> I look more like a puppet. Uh, my <laughs> One of my parents is a marionette puppet. And this is how I've lived my life. Are there any questions up to this point? I don't, uh, I know we're live. I'm single. Hilarious. I'm trying things, I'm trying to be, um... I can try things. I went on a horse-drawn carriage ride with a... I did it, I really did it! Went on a, nobody does that. You're right. Nobody does that. You don't know anyone who's ever done that. It's like for people who don't know. I went on a horse-drawn carriage ride. You shouldn't. Here's what happens. You think about it. You plan it. And then you sit down and you go, we shouldn't have done this. I don't know why. Why did we do this? It's just, I keep having, it just feels weird, you know? I have this thought over and over again, which is, we have a car. I don't know why we're doing this. I keep thinking, we have a car. We have a car, clip-clop, we have a car. It's just kind of cold and weird. I feel bad for the horse. Don't you feel bad for these horses? They haul strangers around Manhattan their whole life. Where do these, where do these horses live? You, you're a, 
you're a horse in Manhattan? Where do you live? In my head, he's got a fourth floor stable walk up in Chinatown and he just, he's got to clump up the stairs and kicks the door open and goes, I got to get out of this city. I don't know. I can't take it anymore. I'm going back to Kentucky. <laughs> Why do we think this notion of the past is so romantic? We do that though, right? But like a uh, hundred years from now, we're going to be going, hey, sweetie, you want to take a Ford Focus around the park? Should we do that? Isn't that... It's exactly what we're doing. <laughs> if someone from 1800 came to our time and saw it, they'd be going, why are you doing that? We've been, we've been trying to get rid of those for a long time. They stink and die. <laughs> I was walking down the street with a friend of mine who happened to be out of work, and uh, we saw one of these carriage rides, and I said to him, I feel sorry for the horse. Do you know what he came back with? Oh, I bet he's happy to just have a job. <laughs> point you're at in your life? You're jealous of the animals who are working? He's got an attitude like these horses are coming over here and stealing all our jobs. I tried speed dating. Has anybody given that a go? Do I know you? <laughs> <laughs> Two people are like, yeah, we did that. <laughs> you know the concept, right? You meet a lot of people in a short amount of time. Here's what's interesting about speed dating. If one rejection a week isn't enough for you, <laughs> give this a whirl. Because uh, 30 an hour is a real rush. It really... <laughs> it... Uh, It feels like emotional whack-a-mole, is what it feels like. It's just this assembly line of rejection that we've put together that, yeah, this is a great idea. <laughs> I tried online dating, too. No one ever wants to admit that they did that, but everybody knows someone who met on the internet. There's always half the couple you, you ask, how did you meet? We met on the internet, and it's usually the man who's like, would you just stop telling people that... <laughs> It's the laundromat, remember? <laughs> Why is it? The man, because if a man's on the internet, it's like, you've done everything you can do. <laughs> a woman's like exploring her options. A man's like, I've depleted my options. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was reading in a magazine, it said, if you're not involved in one of these online dating services, you're just going to get left behind socially, you know. So I signed up, and it changed my life. <laughs> I went from feeling pretty good about myself <laughs> to feeling like a leper alone in a room typing. That's what I felt like. Just, oh, look, she likes the outdoors, too. <laughs> I, can't believe, I can't believe how many people like the outdoors <laughs> online. It's just, there are... <laughs> there, there, are, <laughs> there are a lot of hypocrites at home typing about their love for the outdoors with carpal tunnel syndrome. Just, I love hiking. Are you there? Where are you? 
Some technology is amazing. You know, what do we do without a cell phone? It's great. I can communicate mobile, and it sucks all the grease right off my face. Have you ever noticed that? It's disgusting. Don't act like you don't have this problem. This is a universal problem. People stare at me like, not me. Yeah, you. Every time I get off the phone, I'm like, is there Crisco in my ear? What do I do with... This is disgusting. I should clean it. I, nobody ever cleans it. You do the same thing I do. You look at it, you go, that's awful, and then you just rub it on your pants, and then right back to your face. Yeah, I'm still here. I'm exfoliating. How are you? Yeah, I'm... <laughs> I, uh... I was thinking about getting LASIK surgery. I wear contacts, so I was, was watching some ads. I saw an ad, $150 per eye. Seems low. Uh, I'm not into bargain surgery. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and, <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and spend the, the extra cash for the laser in my eye. And $150 per eye. Who's not getting the whole package, really? Are you telling, a lot of people are walking into the LASIK plate, walking out like Popeye, and yeah, I could only afford to fix one. Could you move over to my right a little bit, please? I'm just, I'm waiting on a check to clear. Don't clap. Don't clap. I don't have time for your adulations. Is that a word? I may have made that up. I, uh... It would be tough having vision in only one eye. My, my friends would mess with me. Hey, Ryan, you want to go check out a show? We're going down to the IMAX. Uh, no, I'm going to stay in. I got something. I got a sight in my rifle. And, uh... I got this new kaleidoscope I've really been wanting to check out, so. <laughs> I did that joke, I did that joke once and a woman in the audience yelled out, I just had one eye done. <laughs> she was for real, she had one eye surgically corrected for long, she kept the other eye for nearsighted vision. What kind of personal hell did you create for yourself? <laughs> I'm reading, I'm, re I'm driving, I'm driving, I'm reading again, I'm, dry I'm cooking, I'm cooking, flight simulator. Crossword puzzle, Frisbee. You guys have been a lot of fun. Good night, everybody. Thank you very much. Stay tuned for more laughs on Access TV. Live from the Gotham Comedy Club in New York City. Cyrus McQueen is taking the stage when we return. All right, all right. You guys having a good time? Yeah. You guys are a great crowd. You're an awesome, awesome crowd. And you're very good looking. You're a very good looking crowd. We, it usually doesn't happen around here. Usually very ugly, but everyone's really working it. Good for you. All right, I'm very excited to bring up this next guy. He's hilarious. He's another good friend of mine. He is in a new film called Obvious Child, the very funny Cyrus McQueen, everybody. <laughs>
What's up? God damn. Feels good to be on stage. Well, you know, comedy does run in my genes. It does. My father was like a cross between Bill Cosby and Richard Pryor. He was. He was Cosby-like in that he would hide snacks around the house. It was true. And he was like Richard Pryor in that he freebased cocaine. <laughs> cracking up all the time. All the time, Daddy. Cracking up. Oh, man. I feel like there's a lot going on in the news to address. Just last month, the Supreme Court struck down the Defense of Marriage Act. That was a huge step forward for this country. Monumental step forward. Monumental. But people forget, people forget, Obama came out in support of gay marriage like four years ago. He did. Because I remember at the time, they were saying that it could go down as Obama's I have a dream moment, which I found fitting. Can't you see Obama giving that speech? Let freedom ring. Let it ring from the streets of San Francisco. Tell the, tell the time shares in Far Island. Let it ring. Let it ring from the beaches in Provincetown to the unlimited mimosa brunches in Chelsea. Let it ring. But you know Obama would get on the road. That brother would be like, I have a dream that one day, little black boys and little white boys <laughs> grow up, get married, go overseas, adopt little Asian babies, raise them, <laughs> buy homes in low-income areas, fix them up, bring up the property values, <laughs> flip them, flip them, <laughs> start a trend. I have a dream today. Now, he was, he was inaugurated on Martin Luther King Day, let's not forget. Because I remember I was home, I'm flicking through the channels. I noticed that most of the networks seem to reflect the festive atmosphere in D.C. Most of them. You know, NBC's coverage was upbeat. Fucking turn to CNN. Anderson Cooper's grinning from ear to ear. Turn to Fox News. Not as festive. <laughs> not as upbeat on Inauguration Day. Wasn't what they were saying, but what they wouldn't say. Well, let's face it, it's what they couldn't say. And it made me realize, you know, Fox News, they need a correspondent that can say all the shit they really think about black people, but get away with it. They need someone like Samuel Jackson's character from Django Unchained. They do, they do. They need a Steven via satellite from Candyland. They can be like, you mean to tell me they let this nigga in the White House? Again? Four more years all up in the beds. All the Washington in the world won't get the nigga out of them sheets. They gonna have to burn the beds. Steven, what do you think about Michelle Obama's new haircut? I don't know about them bangs. But I know she can't be rolling her goddamn eyes at Mr. Boehner like that. That's Mr. John Boehner, he a good man. He the speaker of the big house. Better put that up with the nigga in the hot box. Give her 10 days. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Say what you will, though. Say what you will about the South, man. I'm fucking tired of New York City, man. I'm over New York City, man, because people just starting to bug me more than they ever have before. Dude, I was on the train the other day. 
this group of girls gets on the train. You know those girls who say like too much? You know these girls? Like every other word is like. You know these girls? And I'm guessing they were on their way out to a club because this was the conversation I hear. I hear, yeah, we're like so getting hunted up tonight. Seriously, seriously, yeah. I like met the guy, his name's JP. He's like a promoter. I think he's a promoter. Yeah, seriously, yeah. And we're like getting drink tickets. We're like getting it for free. We're like on a list. Seriously, we're like on the list. Seriously. And then two of them started going back and forth with each other. One of them goes like, like seriously, Becca? Like seriously, like I know you're not over the Justin thing, Becca, but don't text him tonight. Like seriously, like do not. Like Saka, like do not. Like seriously, like do not. Like Becca, like do not. Like Becca, like do not. Like seriously, like do not. Like Becca, he's a D-bag. You do not need to put up with this shit, Becca. And of course my phone was dead, so I had no music. I was forced to listen to this bullshit. I was trapped. But it made me think, well fuck, what did men do before smartphones? Think about it. Packs of annoying girls have been ruining train rides for the last hundred years. Think about it. Can you imagine the 1920s? Think about the 1920s. A guy like me is sitting there and a group of flappers get on the train. All right? Like, all right, now, listen up, girls, listen up. Now, we're going to have a good time in the hot town tonight, I tell you. A good time in the hot town tonight. I got my hip flask on. We're going to dance all night. We're going to dance to the Charleston all night long, girls, all night long. You and me, girls, you and me. Now, remember, when we get there, the password is swordfish. The password is swordfish. <laughs> hey, Gertrude, what's with the sourpuss? Still thinking about Joe? We're forgetting about Joe. He's nothing but a big dumb paluka, I tell you. He's a big dumb paluka. Y'all told good for him, Gertie. But where we're going, girls, plenty of good guys there. Guys that know how to treat a lady. Now remember, we get the password to softness, you know? 1928 on the A-train, shit. But back then, men would yell at women, so they'd be like, hey, you broads, pipe down. And they go, ah, what's it to you, buster? Why don't you put an egg in your shoe and beat it? <laughs> right, girls, right, girls? Oh, man. I really can't make fun of white girls too much. My girlfriend is white. She is. She's white, she's white. Funny thing I've learned though, hard being racist when you have a white girlfriend. <laughs> oh, yeah. Can't just come home complaining about white people. <laughs> Them days are over. Them days are over. <laughs> but what I started to do is, y'all, I'll take the white person I want to complain about and I'll just replace him with a homeless guy. <laughs> Dude, works, works like a charm. I'm just like, yeah, I was just at Park Slope at Starbucks. This fucking homeless guy. <laughs> runs right into me with a stroller. No sorry, no excuse me. I'm like, well, fuck it, the world doesn't revolve around you and your precious little beer bottles, okay? You entitled homeless bitch, you know? <laughs> She's like, babe, that's not nice. They live on the streets. I'm like, hey, you should see some of the streets they live on. You ought to see some of the fucking streets they live on. But I think she caught on to my trick, y'all. I think she has, because the other day, she went to the movies with her friends, and when I asked her how it was, she goes, ah, oh, these homeless people were talking the entire movie. <laughs> they would not shut the fuck up. They ruined the movie. They came in 30 minutes after it started. They brought in their own food. You know how those homeless people are. <laughs> Touche, baby. Touche. I think I'm going to leave you guys on this. The other day I was home watching television, and that 
Dos Equis commercial comes on. You know the one? The most interesting man in the world, right? And I'm looking at this fucking beard. I'm like, shit, man, I'm starting to look like the most interesting black man in the world. <laughs> and then I thought, well, what would them commercials be like, right? He's had a penis reduction. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> Bloods and Crips both attend his house parties. Oprah reads books that he recommends. <laughs> Martin Luther King once took a day off to celebrate his birthday. <laughs> Fat white women chase him. <laughs> He's the most interesting black man in the world. I don't always drink beer, but when I do, I prefer Code 45. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. I'm Cyrus for Queen. Stay tuned for more laughs on Access TV, live from the Gotham Comedy Club in New York City. Matt Brown is taking the stage when we return. Welcome back, welcome back. Oh, this is a very good show. It's a very well-balanced show, too. Started out with a white Howdy Doody guy, a tall, dark, and handsome man, and now the very funny, very funny woman from Comics Unleashed, very funny, Pat Brown, everybody. Thank you. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Where are the tourists at? Where are you guys at? Tourists? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome, welcome. I'm a tourist too. I just live here. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm the worst kind. I'm the one that stayed, man. Uh, New York is just a different animal. It just, I'm trying to get used to it. It's just a really different animal. I think cities got personalities, right? Because I'm originally from Atlanta, Georgia. And like Atlanta, we just way laid back. We just are. We lay way, lay back. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the weather, the tradition, the racism. We just way <laughs> lay back. We just are. You know, you can bump somebody in Atlanta. They say, excuse me. You say, excuse me. This shit can go on for about 30 minutes. <laughs> Not in New York. New York, y'all's hype, man. Y'all power walking. Y'all go. Let's go. Let's move. Let's go. Let's go. I remember the first time I was at Times Square. I got bumped like 200 times. I'm a southerner. I said, excuse me, 200 times. <laughs> You know, ain't nobody said it back. I'm like, damn, did they all mean to do it? <laughs> now I'm paranoid as hell because I'm thinking 200 people got beef with me for no damn reason. <laughs> and I live in Harlem, right? I live in Harlem by choice. Yeah. Yeah. By choice, by choice, yeah. It's too much pressure living around white people. Yeah. Yeah, I survey too much. I ask too many damn questions. How how your hair get like that? What's shea butter? What ashy mean? Leave me alone, damn it. Leave me a damn alone. 
And I didn't know Harlem had such a negative, uh, you know, had, people had a, such a negative view of Harlem. I really didn't know that. Sometimes I tell people I'm, I live in Harlem, they, they look sorry for me. Like, they look like they feel really sorry for me. Like they want to adopt me and give me fresh drinking water. And I live in a really good part of Harlem, I really do. I live around a lot of black uh, working class people and I got just enough white people in my vicinity to have a good grocery store. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, that's important. That's important. I don't know why white people don't think black people eat lettuce. We love lettuce, give me some lettuce. Please give me some lettuce, I love lettuce. <laughs> oh, I hate a grimy grocery store, that's my pet peeve. I hate a grimy grocery store. You know when you, your grocery store is bad when you go inside and they have a, a dark alley. <laughs> I was like, hey dude, where's the relish? She said, down there. I'm like, damn, would you walk with me? <laughs> I wanna get raped just over some condiments. <laughs> It's hard, oh, it's hard though. I'm trying to, uh, you know, it's being a New Yorker now, eight million people, I'm trying to find somebody. I am single, but I'm trying to quit. <laughs> I don't know, yeah, single's hard, I don't care nobody. Single sucks, you hear me? Single sucks ass. Single sucks open ass. Yeah, open ass, it's more emphatic like that. Yeah, cause when you see an open ass, you gotta ask yourself, why is that ass open? <laughs> Who opened the ass? <laughs> now there's an investigation, there's crime tape. <laughs> mm. I tell you what, I tell you, anybody, that's, it's hard for me, because I think when you get older, it's a little harder today. Anybody sing over 35, sing over 35? Anybody? Yeah, that is slim pickings. <laughs> that is slim pickings, it is. Sing over 35 is slim pickings. That's like an old bag of Halloween candy. Ain't no Snickers left, ain't no Reese's Cups, ain't no Hershey's. Hell yeah. Yeah. Ain't no Hershey's, just black licorice left and a candy corn, boy. Yeah, it's a Tootsie Roll in there, but it ain't got no wrapper on it. You're like, I ain't gonna mess with it, I ain't gonna mess with it. It might kill me, it might kill me. It might kill me. Love little things. Little things turn me on. This is my little thing. I love a nice smile. If I can find this in the 30s and the 40s, if I can find somebody with a nice smile, that teeth go all the way back. If I can find that, <laughs> somebody feel me. Teeth go all the way back. You know what I'm talking about? Why is this always missing? Right here, right here. Like a block of Lego didn't fell out that mud. So what? You just gonna chew on one side the rest of your damn life? Right here. This is strong side. This is for meats and cheeses. Right here. This is right here. You can open a bottle with that side, that's the strong side. This is the soft side, this is for oatmeal, cream of wheat, pudding. This is for soups and breads, people, it's soups and breads. If some people here ain't laughing, god dang, like. <laughs> that's how you laugh when you ain't got no teeth in the back, like. <laughs> oh, this is just storage. That ain't nothing but space back there, that ain't nothing but storage. But you know what it is, people? It's, it's healthcare. It's the difference between dollars and cents. It's just merely economics, what it comes down to. Because when you get in your 30s and 40s, everybody in here, when you get in your 30s and 40s, you're gonna need a root canal. You're gonna need a crown, something like that, right? How much is that, people? 10, 11, $100. How much to pull it? 75. <laughs> that is the difference between fix it or fuck it. <laughs> That is, yeah. 
You be, yeah, it is. You be trying to hold on to that little raggy little tooth as long as you can, right? You do crazy stuff. You chew on one side, eat pudding for a month, all kind of crazy stuff. Finally, that pain get too hard much for you, you gotta go in, you gotta go, go to the doctor, you gotta go to the dentist, like, hey man, what can we do about this? He's like, yep, yep, you're gonna need a root canal. I'm like, damn, ah, how much is that? 1,200, ugh, how much to pull it? 93, you're like, shit, ooh. <laughs> and then when you really, and then when you really gotta laugh, you always put that hand up, ha, Yeah, that's how, it happened to me, it happened to me. I can't even talk about it, it happened to me. Like uh, two years ago, uh, about five years ago actually, uh, five years ago I had, uh, fainted and I knocked out my two front teeth and I went to the dentist immediately. I was like, ooh, I'm not gonna look like a crackhead and not actually be on crack. <laughs> I was like, hey, Mr. Dentist, man, what can we do about this? He said, you got two options. I like, give them to him. He said, one, you can do a partial. I'm like, what's that? He's like, you put a, make a mold for your mouth and you can take them in and out. And I'm like, hell no. Hell no! I don't want my looks to be adjustable. <laughs> it's like, what else we got? He said, we got implants. I was like, what are those? He said, you put them in your jaw, just as strong as your regular teeth, and just aesthetically as pleasing. I'm like, hell yeah, man. Hell yeah, how much are those? He said, 3,500 a piece. I'm like, God, Lee, how much for one big one? <laughs> Shit, I'll draw the line down the middle. I'll draw that damn line right down the middle. I swear I will. You sure? That's a lot to bite an apple, you hear me? I'll buy a blender and never chew again. Uh, forget chewing. I need to chew. Ladies, I'm, before I get out of here, I want to talk to you real quick. Ladies, make sure you take care of yourselves. Make sure you go to gynecologists. I know why you want to go. Doesn't it seem strange you got to pay him? You lay up for him for about 20 minutes, you gotta pay him. That's how I always write the check for the wrong amount. Cause I figure if I lay up for it, you gonna call me the next day. <laughs> Playing with my emotions, you all up in here. I thought we had something. <laughs> hey guys, my name is Pat Brown, thank you so much. Stay tuned for more laughs on Access TV. Live from the Gotham Comedy Club in New York City. Ben Roy is taking the stage when we return. Welcome back to the Access TV presentation of Gotham Comedy Live. More laughs happening right now. All right, all right. All right, all right. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. This has been an awesome show. You guys have been great laughers. And all you people at home with a laptop on your lap, it's getting kind of hot. People watching TV old school, no problem. We're gonna round out the show with a great, great comedian. You may know him from HBO's Funny as Hell. Let's hear it for the very funny Ben Roy, everybody. Thank you, thank you. Look at you, you're fucking handsome, huh? <laughs> Get out of here. Look at those two fucking creepos right there. Look at that guy. Now, you the cameraman, you, right? 
Look at these two together. It's so fucking creepy looking. You, you two look like you're one rental car away from an Amber Alert. That's what you look like. Both real fucking weird looking. I dig it though. I like your style. I'm wicked excited to be here. You guys have seen a lot of awesome comedy, and uh, I'm just gonna say this real quick. Um, you've seen a lot of great comics, and I'm sure you've seen a lot of comedy shows, and as you know, it's common for a lot of comics to announce when they're on their last joke. They just kind of let you know that they're finishing up. I, unfortunately, am a long-form comic. I write longer jokes. So I'm gonna get out of here on this one. Are you guys, you guys getting hammered or what? Get fucking drunk. I'm not drinking. Uh, May 23rd, I passed my third year of sobriety, which is fucking, um, yeah. Don't, I don't know what the fuck you were plotting for. Don't do it, no. Like, if any of you are thinking you have a drinking problem, ditch your loved ones. It's much easier to do. Because they're the ones that seem to have a problem with the way you drink. So if you get rid of mom and dad, life kicks ass again, doesn't it? God damn it, I want to get drunk so bad. Like, that's probably got vodka in it, doesn't it? God, I love vodka. Don't you love vodka? It's so good. I can't drink vodka anymore, though. That shit's the key that opens up the door to where I keep all my baggage. <laughs> And I got a fucking ton of it in there. I'm a blackout drunk. Anybody else blackout when they drink? Yeah, not surprising from the broalition over there, huh? I'm a blackout. You ever do this one? This, uh, you ever get so drunk you have to log on to your online bank statements in the morning to figure out all the different fucking places you were at the night before? You ever find yourself doing that? You're like, dude, holy shit, I was at nine different bars last night. I was at a 24-hour fitness at 3.15 in the morning. I took a fucking spin class, man. I was getting shit done drunk, damn it. Oh man, I mailed a 58-pound parcel at 9.30 this morning. What was in the box? This is one I used to do that I know a bunch of you in here do. Did you ever wake up out of a blackout and realize that you messed up a bunch of shit, but you got one thing done in the morning, and that one thing freaks you the fuck out? Like, everybody's mad at you, they all hate you, right? You've got, like, angry texts, but you got one thing done in the midst of a black, and you can't, and it's one of those days where you, like, wake up and you're still, like, sitting upright in your kitchen chair or something, you know, like, you're just like, <laughs> doing, right? I look down, I've still got my jacket with my hood on, zipped all the way up. I've still got my earbuds from my iPod still in my ear. I look down, I've got my shoes on, but I'm naked from the waist down, right? <laughs> Somehow I got my pants off over my shoes. I look out in the living room, I tipped over the bookshelf, there's like CDs and DVDs. My cat doesn't look right, he does not look good at all, right? 
the cat's looking up at you like, I saw some shit last night, man. <laughs> right? But if I look down on my nightstand, my contact lenses are in their cases, safe and fucking sound. <laughs> right. And judging by your applause and your weird Arsenio Hall whoop that you just did. <laughs> judging by that, that means a lot of you in here do that shit, right? But where the fuck are our priorities when we've been drinking? Because I'm concerned about my eye health. But apparently I'm not concerned about the fact that I crawled out of a music venue bathroom the night before on my hands and knees up onto a city bus, which means that I got home and licked my weight and public transit bacteria off my fingertips because I'm buck naked eating hummus on my bathroom floor, right? But I wouldn't want to get an eye infection. No way, Wall Street. Screw that. That lasts 48 hours. Fuck that. A tapeworm? I'll take my chances. But an eye infection? Not for this guy. You guys ready for the winner? I am. I love the winter time. Not because I don't like warm weather, but because when it's this warm out like it has been, it means it's douchebag on crotch rocket time in America, which is like my least favorite time of year. You guys have a, like a surprising amount of douchebags on street bikes. And you know what I'm talking about? Like little like sporty street bike, you're trying to enjoy the weather, 80 degrees, arm out. All of a sudden, eight assholes pull up beside you. All maverick and goose from Top Gun, right? Just wicked excited to be out like, Fuck, bro, bro, bro. Bud Bud, Z-Bot, LT, bro, bro. I wanna lean out the window and be like, hey, listen, you guys don't look cool on those things. You look like a dude riding a really aerodynamic other dude. <laughs> fuck, fuck you, bro, that's a man's bike right there, yo. That's a Honda XJ1 CBR CY2, yo. That's what men ride. Men ride crotch rockets. That's a man's bike. Fucking lime green gloves, fucking lime green jacket, fucking lime green helmet, fucking lime green motorcycle. Yeah, I can accessorize. Cause that's what a man does. What's that? What's my idea of a perfect day? Shit, Shit I don't know. Maybe I go out to the park with Paulie or something? Maybe we crack some monster energy drinks and we fuck some bitches, yo. What's that, do I wanna go to a party? Yeah, I wanna go to a party, bro. Look at me, I'm fucking jacked, right? I got my Affliction shirt on. I got my fucking Ed Hardy shirt on because I don't get real tattoos because that shit fucking hurts. So I wear Ed Hardy gear. And I look good. And I wanna go to that party. And I want to fuck women. Do you want to go to a party with me, bro, and meet some women? Fucking hey, let's go. I'll lead the way on my manly bike, all right? <laughs> there you go, New York. That's your masculine machine right there.
what's the matter, bro? Your bike broke down? Well, get on the back of mine, then, yo. <laughs> oh, shit, there's some girls right there. <laughs> Girl, you want to take a ride on my motorcycle or what? Yeah? Are you wearing a G-string? You better be if you're a chick on a crotch rocket, right? Because it's like a prerequisite that you are, because we all get stuck behind this bike with this chick in your windshield at the light doing this, right? You get this shit, right? And she's got her slut suspenders hiked all the way up to her armpits. It looks like a big pink McDonald's logo up her back, right? I'm riding behind her, I'm like, honey, I feel like fucking a Big Mac for some reason. You guys have been an amazing audience. Thanks a lot, my name's Ben Roy. Stay tuned for more laughs on Access TV, live from the Gotham Comedy Club in New York City. Thank you guys so much. You guys were an awesome crowd. Please bring up Ryan Hamilton, Pat Brown, Cyrus McQueen, and Ben Roy. Thank you guys so much for watching. Gotham Comedy Live on Access TV.